I'm a free black man, hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man, I don't that feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man, and chase your dreams, black man. And get that cream, black man, we the original man. This is Iron Mike Stedman, and you're listening to Confessions of a Native Son, a black veteran's perspectives on race, culture, and business. Man, it feels good to be back. I know it's been a minute, y'all. I've been busy, I've been grinding, but grinding in a good way. Uh, in between the last episode I recorded, I think it was at the end of January or whatever, man, I had to get the first draft of my book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, in. I've been traveling back and forth to Stanford at the Hoover Institution, um, working on Ironbound Boxing, been running Ironbound Media. So I've been grinding, but I've been grinding in a good way. I know on the outside looking in, it's like Mike's always doing something, but there's a method to the madness in everything that I do. And, you know, I've always expressed on this platform about being an entrepreneur, especially a bootstrap, um, bootstrapped entrepreneur, no outside capital, et cetera. You just got to move different. But I'm having fun, healthy, blessed, black, and highly favored. I got no problems. But I miss this platform. I miss this podcast. And I have just been trying to find some mental space to think and record. Because, like, one of the things I found out was for creators, right, it's hard for us to create like content or write or do anything in the like standard, like, I don't know, capital way, uh, capitalist way, like the way we do work. Right. So it's like, like you can, I can't like, Oh, I'm going to record confessions of a native son between this block and this block. And then I'm going to jump in this meeting here. Like it doesn't work like that for me. Like this podcast is really like a vibe for me. And so I got to be feeling it. Um, and I've just been like, I haven't been feeling it lately because I've been so focused on entrepreneurship and the other stuff going on in my life. And this podcast forces me to think in a way that I'm, it's like a different side of my brain that I don't necessarily think with when I'm doing brand work or coaching boxing, et cetera. But I say all that to say, man, I'm just going to go. I'm excited to be here and I hope y'all miss me. I hope y'all enjoy this content. Um, And so I'm just going to jump in uh, to my confession for today's show, which is, I had an epiphany last night, right? I turned 35 on April 11th. So I was born April 11, 1987. And, you know, just had my 35th birthday last month. And it hit me last night, though, because I realized that I have been associated with the Naval Academy. I have been middle class, whatever you want to call it, eating sushi and fucking working out and like all this kind of stuff. I have been this lifestyle I've kind of got accustomed to. Like, I feel like I've been doing this and I have actually like almost more, almost half my life at this point. So let me go a little bit deeper. Growing up as a young black male in the South, right? It was a different lifestyle for me. Okay. There was a time in my life where, you know, my mom and I might've had like $50 between us. Like literally, I mean, honestly, I didn't have any money, you know, cause I wasn't working a full-time job or anything in high school. Had a little summer work. But even though my mom was working full time, you know, the bills added up. We had bad credit. And so our lifestyle was just a little bit like different. Like I said, waiting at the ATM until midnight. So the money hits so we can go out and we can get food um, and we can, you know, uh, go get groceries and all that stuff. Right. Like I don't I think I don't know if I talked about this on a podcast before. So I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But this idea of like, not necessarily like the, I don't want to call it working, I don't want to call it poor, because by no means were we poor. 
Like I always went to bed with a roof over my head, you know, food in my body, et cetera. But that sense of like my mom was always working. We could just like never get ahead. You know what I mean? It was like we were just like on this freaking hamster wheel. And so every expense, every going out to eat, everything was always like a burden, right? There just wasn't this like abundance of money. I feel like I grew up in like a a scarce, like with returns to like capital and everything. It was like very finite, right? There just wasn't a lot of it. Versus now, like I look at my life. Right. Like I've just grown accustomed to like this kind of lifestyle, traveling to Annapolis, flying on airplanes. I know that sounds crazy, y'all, but like growing up, the first airplane I ever flew on was to go to uh, Annapolis. I think it was, it was like summer seminar or something. So like I have this lifestyle that I'm accustomed to now. And it's trippy because so much of my life has been defined by like that first half. You get what I'm saying? Like, again, that black kid in the South. Uh, the the not a lot of male figures around, etc. Versus now, it's like, man, I've just I've just got accustomed to some things, right? Like all the negative things I've associated myself with, of like, oh, I wasn't a good student in high school, um, I didn't make the best grades and stuff, or even so, you know, in college, like I wasn't the smartest, but like here I am, like reading books, writing my own, write my own book, record my own podcast, start my own company, like like this is the level of my life that I'm in. And so it's cool when you, I don't want to say it's cool. It's just, it's just, it's just trippy, you know? And I think that's why I titled this episode of like break the chains because there's in life, I feel like there's so much stuff that can weigh us down. You know, like the stories we tell ourselves, which can be a whole episode within itself of just like accepting that, like, that's no longer you, right? Like that's a part of you. Um, It'll always be a part of your history you know, and when you look back at your childhood, like you do have those experiences and nothing to take away from them. But it's also of like, how do you think about, you know, moving forward, though? Right. So, you know, I've talked about that kind of Roger Bannister moment to where you like you see what's possible. You didn't think it was possible before. But then you see someone break the four minute mile and it like opens up your world of possibilities. OK. And so now it's more about accepting that that is not necessarily like me anymore, right? Like the way I grew up is not the way like I live kind of now. And so like comes with that comes just like a paradigm shift, even in your thinking. And so my thinking is constantly getting challenged, right? It's like constantly moving forward. Like, and I've come on this podcast and I've riffed off and on about like lack of access to capital for black founders and stuff, et cetera. And then I met this brother, man, named Keenan Beasley, a West Point grad. He wasn't smart enough to go to Navy, but he managed to get himself into West Point, you know. But this guy is a beast. Not only did he build a, a, a seven-figure agency bootstrap from the ground up, right? Then he's gone on to become a venture capitalist, raise, well, actually start like a startup first, raise like $4 million or something. And now he's a venture capitalist and he's got like his own, uh, he's got a nonprofit teaching entrepreneurship um, to founders of color and their little cohort model and everything. And so, man, when I meet brothers like this, it just challenges, it shatters everything I believed before. And not just that, like, you know, when I, when I had a chance to uh, interview him on a podcast we're doing with uh, the Academy Investor Network called Those Who Dare, like you see this brother, he looks like me, got the beard, got the head on, you know, he's a little bit older because he graduated 05, right? But then you just like when you're having these kind of conversations, 
it just like you're just destroying your thinking, right? Like I feel like you're you're elevating yourself, you know, because so much of it is just kind of you got to see it to believe it, right? And it is it come it, you have to come with some humility too, because again, like I think so many of us are content on holding on to these beliefs that we've carried for just so long, you know, these identities that we've carried for so long with regards to race, gender, our upbringing and stuff, et cetera. And then the confidence and the courage to step out in public and contradict yourself. And people are like, oh, well, you weren't talking like that before, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yo, man, I'm in a different headspace. Like I've learned and I've grown so much. And that's really what I'm about, right? Like I love learning. I love growing. And I feel like, man, I just feel like there's still so much of the world that I need to learn, so much about the world I need to learn, but not just learn, but start like applying, you know, within my own life, right? Like these ideas of how do you build, you know, uh, I don't want to necessarily say like generational wealth because I think that's like a taboo term that's just kind of thrown around now. But seriously, like how do you build a comfortable lifestyle for yourself, for your family at scale? You know, how do you make it to where like you don't have to necessarily like worry about money anymore um, or just like, you know, having a happy and just fulfilling life. Right. Like that's what I'm chasing. But then here comes the here comes the cognitive dissonance. Right. Because for the longest time, I carried this belief that uh, you couldn't have one with the other. Right. Like this idea that like it was noble to not necessarily have wealth. Okay. That like, you know, wealth is obviously like a means to an end, but you don't need wealth to be happy. And a lot of people that have money aren't necessarily happy. Well, that's not necessarily true. Right. I think life is hard for a lot of people. And, but I do think about like how much more impact I can create in my life with my friends, with my family, with the community, you know, as I start to accumulate my own uh, wealth. Right. And I just view money a lot differently now. Like there was a time in my life where I kind of just, I think when you don't have it and that like scarcity mindset, right? Like you just view it, you know, differently. And the other thing too was just kind of like growing up in the church, like growing up in the church, right? You know, we pray for good finances and we pray for good health and we do all these things, but like we weren't taught how to like generate wealth from scratch. You know what I mean? Not necessarily taught how to like, like, how does this whole system work? Like, where does money come from? How do you create value out of thin air? You know, how do you borrow money and leverage it to create more money and all this other stuff? Like, I didn't grow up necessarily learning that stuff, but I'll give my mom credit. She tried to teach me, but it was over my head because I distinctly remember me coming back from a prep school or Naval Academy, my like freshman year or something. And I remember my mom had us meet with like a financial advisor and he kind of like broke the process down for me, but it was still too early for me to kind of understand, which is why I'm like so passionate about entrepreneurship now because entrepreneurship forced me to create wealth from scratch, literally taking an idea that was in my head and building it into something and scaling it up, right? Both with Ironbound Boxing and more recently Ironbound Media and this book and my podcast and stuff, et cetera, right? So it's like, it's just, it's just so much different, you know? Um, but like, I'm looking at the world just through a different, uh, lens now. And so 
I don't know, man. I'm like, how do I continue to apply these lessons that I've learned and continue to, I don't know, move forward. And maybe I need to go backwards to move. Maybe I got to go backwards to move forward and really start to think about those stories I've told myself in the past, uh, those limiting beliefs that, you know, I still hold because, man, it's crazy, right? Like, again, like there's still a lot of negative talk in my head at times, despite everything I've done. All right. There's negative thoughts about my military experience, right? Because going back to what I was saying too about like, okay, you're in a different space now. That time in my life where I was struggling as a young black officer, felt like I didn't have a lot of confidence, right? Um, in the Marine Corps and just dealt with my journey, my, my dealt with, you know, just being a black infantry officer, right? I had a whole podcast episode on it, but that was still such a defining aspect of my personality. And it's still hard to let go of me because when I find myself um, I'm going to call it in the trenches, that woe is me moment, right? Those moments where you feel like you don't want to get out of bed and you feel like you're a failure, you know, even though you've uh, been successful on paper. But those moments when you feel like a failure, right, you start justifying why you feel that way, right? And you find validation in your past failures. So again, for me, like going back in that negative spot of like, you know, when I was a, when I was a uh, Marine infantry officer, man, it was just so fucking hard. Right. Like you don't feel like you were, um, no, no, no. You just, you, it was a struggle. It was a struggle, but now I'm in a space. doesn't mean I have to struggle now. You get what I'm saying? Like move forward, like learn from the mistakes that you've made, but like, let it go. And we talk about this so much, but like when it comes to actually living it, it's an entirely different beast, right? Because Every day in life is a challenge, right? Like, and not necessarily a challenge in a bad way. I just mean a challenge of like, I feel like you do have to compete, you know, every day, right? Every day like this. That's why I, people stress discipline so much, you know, getting up in the morning, working out, right? I got to compete to do that because there are some days I'm going to hit my alarm, go back to sleep, you know, making space to write every morning and read, and, you know, run my business, lead my team, do all this other stuff, right? It's not just all sunshine and rainbows. Like, I feel like every day I got to put in, um, I got to put in work and I got to grind. But the idea behind it is not necessarily that you're chasing some, like, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but this idea that, like, you know, this is part of the human experience, you know? And the challenges that we face, like, the challenges I'm facing in my own personal life, right? They're just forcing so much growth on me. Like if you guys only knew the, the challenge of writing a book, right? Like, and you know, I didn't even record on this podcast when I was doing our book launch campaign. Shout out to those of you that supported uh, the book launch on a Indiegogo pre-order campaign correction, right? Like that was a whole situation. Like, and to that point, like I was, I was nervous before I hit you know, um, I made the campaign go live. I launched a pre-order campaign because here I am working on this book. I need to um, sell, you know, 250 copies pre-orders in order to cover the publication costs. But deep down, I was like, well, was me, you know, like, is anybody going to read this book? Am I even a good writer? You know, what do I have to say about the world? Maybe I'll rush this because let's be honest, there's never a good time to write a book. But I just leaned in and I was like, yo, I'm going to get this done. And boom. You do it, and next thing you know, man, we raised like thirteen thousand dollars in pre-orders. So not only do I have enough to cover the publication cost of the book, 
We're going to be able to do some activations at some black bookstores in the Northeast. I'm going to head down to Maryland, show some love, people at the Naval Academy, and get this book, you know, in the hands of black veteran entrepreneurs and those of you that support us, you know, all across the country. But like that never would have happened had I not like leaned in, grinded it out and uh, and launched. Right. Just move forward. And there was a time too, like my boy Gardier, shout out to Gardier Christian. We got to get him on the podcast. Uh, Naval Academy brother, Navy boxing brother, Marine veteran roommate. That's a ride or die right there. If you ain't got a ride or die in your life, you're missing out, man. It's a it's a blessing to have. And I love my frat brothers. And, you know, Gardier said, hey, Mike, were you happy with the book launch? And I said, the pre-order campaign. I was like, yeah, man, absolutely. I was like, it caught me off guard because I didn't know it was going to do so well. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, just like I told y'all, like, I didn't know how it was going to be received. He's like, man, you got to stop that negative talk to yourself, right? Like, you are, you have value that people want to learn. They want to, you have value that people want to um, leverage, right? And the way they're going to leverage it is reading your book and supporting that campaign, et cetera. Um, and so, like, you can't talk down to yourself. Um, and so I appreciate Guardian for, like, always kind of, like, reinforcing that. And, like, all my frat brothers, man. You know, Philip Jones, who was on the podcast. Uh, when was he on the podcast? Like, December or so. You know, he's running for mayor down in Newport News, Virginia. Launched uh, his campaign. And it's been a blessing to see. And so it's like, man, when you're around such phenomenal black men and women and just people in general, I got a great network, right? Like you can't help but step into your greatness and shine. And that's what I'm getting at, right? I'm getting at that, you know, for a long time in my life, for 18, I just, from, I just feel like when I was younger, I never shined. I was riding the bench. I told y'all before, like in high school basketball, if we weren't up by like 30 points and there was less than two minutes left in the game, I probably wasn't getting in, right? Like coach put me in when one of the starters messed up. He's like, yo, step me, take his spot, whatever. Like I did not get a lot of playing time. So I spent this majority of my life, right? Or half of my life, like not really kind of shining. And now like in this phase, I feel like I've been freaking shining a lot. Like just, I get a lot of wins, um, and get a lot of acknowledgments and stuff. And so it's trippy, but again, this is what comes with that growth, right? So you you stand out from the crowd, you elevate yourself, you do the work. And the idea behind this is that, like, um, you know, you just you just put in the work, man. That's what it is. Like you put in the work, you learn, you grow, and you let the rest um, speak for itself. And so I guess that's why this podcast has been super challenging for me because you know I think a lot of the subject material I've covered before, racism. Uh, you know, George Floyd. I still do need to do an episode on the ghost of George Floyd just to share my updated thoughts. But like, yo, I'm at like for the last few months, hell, for like the last year, like I don't even know if I've really even given much thought to like racism and like I used to before, right? And it's not that it doesn't exist in my mind, right? Because it definitely exists. A lot of racist people out there. There's tons of systemic racism. But I'm just at this point of like, so what? Like, like, and I know that might rub some people the wrong way, but like, so what? Like, what do I have control over, man? Like for me, I got to get up every day and compete. Just like a lot of you all that are listening, right? We got to compete every day. And I have learned, and people close to me probably get tired of me saying this, but of just that like energy, 
You know, the importance of protecting your energy and being um, particular about the energy that you put out into the universe, right? And so even my book, I take it back to my book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, right? Y'all know Black Veteran Entrepreneur is underfunded. It is what it is, right? We know y'all ain't giving us a lot of capital. And if we were uh, Caucasian uh, Academy grads with Ivy League degrees, I'm sure we would get our ventures funded uh, a lot easier, right? But the reality of the situation is it's not. And I'm not just making this shit up, y'all. I talk to black veteran entrepreneurs every week from some of the best schools in the country, and it's a grind and it's a hustle for them uh, to get capital. And they see peers of different complexions with the same accolades as them, and it's just a lot easier. But with that being said, right, I had a decision when I was writing this book. This is not a thumb in the eye of America and say, oh, you must uh, fund black veteran entrepreneurs, the blah, 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 right? This is more, I'm leading with love, y'all. I'm leading with positivity. I'm, I'm leading with the bridge builder by uh, William Allen Drumgle. Check that poem out if you haven't listened to it or read it. And I'm actually going to, I should just record a podcast on it altogether. But like, yo, going back to the so what, okay? I can talk about all the negative things that are going on in the world. And there's just a lot of negative energy right now. Inflation, war in Ukraine, mental health, people dealing with mental health issues. Or I can lead with love and positivity. And I guess at this point in my life, right, I like, I choose love. And I don't necessarily have to, right? I choose to because it's the kind of energy that I want to put out into the universe. And so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at in my mindset these days, right? Like I'm, I was at the Ironbound Boxing Academy tonight, y'all. Nothing but love around everywhere. Black and brown kids, white kids, you know, just the, the rainbow right there in the heart of Newark. And we're boxing. We're getting it in. I'll just look around, man. I just see so much love. I just see so much positive energy. And I just feel blessed, you know? And, you know, when people ask me, Mike, man, how's it going? I catch myself and I say, you know, blessed black, highly favored, you know? And I say, I got no problems because I really don't, right? Like relative to the come up when I was trying to get everything I have now off the ground, right? Like we are in it. It has launched, you know? And sometimes I, I got to do a better job of just kind of sitting back like I do tonight and just recognize and acknowledge and this is a different shift for me, though, right? Because even if you go back and listen to some episodes, I think like the first, probably like those first 20 episodes I recorded this podcast, I had some, I'm going to just say some shit I had to get off my chest and say, uh, because I don't know if I've ever had a chance to really think through and articulate it. And now I got it out, right? And now I'm in a different space. And so making space for new conversations on this platform, a new form of thinking, you know? Um, I'm excited about that. And I think like long-term, right? Like, what do I want to do with this show? And this show's original intent still remains, right? A Black Veterans Perspectives on Race, Culture, and Business. But I think people are going to get to meet the new me I don't want to say new me, me, uh, uh, me in a different space, I guess. This is what I like to say. Um, and I had a great conversation on my birthday, man. My girlfriend, beautiful girlfriend, Simone Gates, she threw me a surprise birthday party. 
And it was at a cigar bar in New York City. And caught me completely off guard. I had no idea whatsoever. I actually thought I was going to an event for her. And I walk in uh, this bar. And there are like my best friends in life. Literally. My frat brother, Marcus Johnson, Philip Jones. Shout out to T-Pain, Tom Payne. Uh, Kilo, you should have been there. Miss you, Kilo. Um, But I just had like Gardier, just so much love all around um, in the room. Yoshi, I know uh, Yoshi, you couldn't make it. My girlfriend was trying to get a hold of Yoshi, uh, but she couldn't ha- didn't have his number, but she told me about it. But like, I just, I love seeing it. And that we were down there, we were talking about, you know, we we're talking about just like our mindsets and where we are now in life and everything. And one of the conversations got a little heated because, you know, I, I was sharing my thoughts about like, you know, with racism and all this kind of stuff of just like, so what now? Um... And my point of like, and me and you, I, I wish I could get T-Pain on this show, right? And, you know, we were saying it's like, okay, when I moved to Newark back in 2015, right, I was coming out of this environment where I felt like, again, I've, I, I just were a lot of black officers around. I was just in this very like white suffocating environment and I got to Newark and I was really just trying to lean in and be back around my people, figure out a way I can help more uh, young black males um, that grew up in an environment or similar environment to me, you know, to achieve their potential. I want to do it through Ironbound Boxing, right? And, you know, I was very much into like, I don't know, I was very much, I was given too many other people agency, I think. And I think that's just a byproduct of like the society because when you're, when you're fighting gravity and that's what it is, Right. And that's what it is for everyone, I'm sure. But like it's it feels like a thumb in the eye when you're telling a black kid he can be all he can be and he doesn't have any money. He's living in the projects or doesn't have a father around, whatever. Um, and you he feels like, you know, he's starting uh, from behind and you're saying that, oh, you can be all you can be. It's all on you and stuff. And it feels like a thumb in your eye when you're when you're coming up because you're just like. You're angry because you're like, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Why don't I have the same level of support? You start looking around at your peers um, that don't grow up in the same background as you, of different skin color, et cetera, and you just feels like they have it so much easier. And so it's hard not to have that kind of rage and anger inside you. And if you want to do a deep dive on what I'm talking about, read Richard Wright's Native Son. Just kind of it's like anger, right? This angry black man. It's going to be a good podcast on this as well to talk about. But you just, you mentally, you can't see, like you, like your head is in the clouds, right? Like, you know, the sky is above it, but like you haven't really made it yet. And so it's so hard to like, ah, you know, believe and not get resentful and all this other stuff. Right. But now once your head are above the clouds and you look around, it's peaceful, it's chilling. You're just like, you know what? Damn, maybe I could have had this all the time. And again, I, I'm, I'm just trying to put it in the, the perspective of like, this is hard to comprehend when the majority of your people are living in impoverished communities, are, you know, still really low percentages at these universities and stuff, and literally on the border of being a permanent labor class. But still, it's like, Man, the clouds are there and you get there and you realize like, man, maybe I could have got there sooner. And what would it have taken me to get there sooner? 
And then you start saying, okay, it probably starts with a mindset. What's the mindset you need to get there? And so, you know, one of the, going back to the birthday party, this conversation we were having of like, if a black kid is growing up in the projects or growing up, whatever, do you tell him that his life is fucked, that racisms exist, that, um, you know, there's all this stuff holding him down. And I think the conservative media calls it a victim mentality, right? And again, it's the way people talk to people. It comes off as a lack of empathy, like you're lacking empathy. And so I don't want to do that. I always have empathy, or at least I do my best. I try my best to do so. But I have come to realize, no matter how dire one's situation is, if you want to empower them to break the chain and rise above their situation, the only thing that they can control is that mental attitude. And so what does it take to cultivate a strong mental attitude? It culminates with, one, probably having some positivity in your life, right? Instead of looking at things negatively, focusing on the positive, positive things, energy, going back to the basics, right? Brilliant in the basics. Shout out to all my Marines. You got a roof over your head. You got food in your belly. Okay, cool. Right? You got access to a library. Can you read a book? Cool. All right, let's start with that. It ain't great, right? There are people that got way more than we do, but let's focus on what we, what we can do, right? Focus on what we have and then start to inch forward, start to build off that. And I think that with regards to a lot of people in my community, our community, because it's the American community, regardless of your, the, your color, just one country, you know, leading with that kind of positivity and empowering people, right? I think that's powerful. I didn't always believe it, but I do now. And like, I have reached a point in my life where whether I win or I don't, I feel it's on me because all I can do is put myself in the best position to win. Like, what does that look like for me? It means getting up every morning and working out. It means meditating. Again, creating that quiet space for myself, being disciplined about my business and my, the activities I'm focused on, et cetera, the content that I'm putting into my mind and my body and my spirit. See, all these things I'm talking about right now, and Cal Newport uh, has a great book about it, Deep Work, where he's talking about lead and lag measures. See, we, we're so quick to focus on the outcome of like, oh, I want to go to the Naval Academy or I want to start my own business or I want to, you know, write my first book and whatever. But the, what separates the winners from losers are the ones that focus on the lead measures, which is like, okay, writing a book is great, but how about instead of stressing out about finishing a damn book, focus on writing every day for 30 minutes and then increasing it to 45 minutes, right? And tracking it, boom, boom, boom. Because see, that's what you have control over. And so now when I look at the world, when I look at goals, when I start thinking about like how I'm mentoring other uh, young men, women of color, I try to think about what do they have control over and how can we, I don't want to say craft a narrative, but how do you empower them to see that? Because again, when you're going through it, it's hard to see, right? If you've ever been uh, depressed Right. If you've ever felt like you've down on your luck, it's so hard to think positive. Right. But then you're like, OK, the basics. How about I just get up and like take a shower, brush your teeth, you know, just the basics of life. Right. Just get moving. And there's, you know, science on all this kind of stuff of like just get those small wins. Right. Sometimes you just move small. But those are all things that you 
have control over. Even though we don't feel like it, you just tell yourself, like, hey, I can do this. This podcast, I haven't recorded a podcast in like a freaking few months. And so anytime I've gone, it gets easier not to get on record versus saying, you know what, Mike, I'm just going to hit the record button. I'm just going to talk. And I'm going to get this episode out. Right? So you focus on the things that you have control over. And one of the things that we need to think about is how do we kind of scale this thinking, this mindset of focusing on what you have control over to the people that haven't been trained to think like that and don't have a support network around them reinforcing that kind of thinking, you know, because if you get a bunch of people going through it and it's negative all around, et cetera, then that's just going to create a cesspool of negativity versus you get a group of people together and they're all kind of thinking positive. And so the challenge that we're going to have to face as a community, particularly with regards to black and brown people in these impoverished communities across the country, because this inflation and all this other stuff, right? It is, it's a real challenge in these environments. Like, no, like I look around New York city, Newark, wherever I'm like, how are like, how are black and brown people even living? You know what I mean? It's like, how are you guys able to take care of your families and do all this stuff when stuff is so high, the cost of living is so high. Like, I don't know how people can afford apartments and everything else under the sun. That's why we got so many people on, you know, uh, government assistance, housing, et cetera. But even still, it's like, okay, how do you shift? How do you shift their thinking, right? And, and not be just so beat up by life, not be chained down. You know, how do you get them to, to rise above? And these are conversations I have at the Ironbound Boxing Academy. You know, I'm always talking about this with Keith, uh, Keith Jr. Keith is my, basically my little brother at this point, right? Like he's come up through Ironbound, um, just a phenomenal young man at Rutgers, Newark now, boxing, leading our uh, social media accounts. He's just a great kid all around. And I know that like when I talk, he listens. And so I give him books like the... Uh, Almanac of Naval Ravikant, right? Um, same thing with our other boy, Nano. So I'm like, I'm having these conversations. And even in my own life, I'm always making sure it's like, okay, Mike, when do you feel like you're losing control, right? Remind, get control back, right? You control the outcome. You control time, right? If you don't want to do something, don't do it. Stop feeling forced, et cetera. But it's, it, it's a different way of thinking and looking at life. So, man, I know I just kind of, I went all over, kind of started at, you know, breaking down my confession and everything about, uh, you know, breaking the chain of my thinking. But I, I do think this conversation kind of did come full circle just to let you all know of like where kind of my mindset is at now and how I'm like, I don't know, how I'm showing up in the world and how I'm engaging in these tough conversations. And I, I think with this show, I have, because I do so many podcasts, right? We've kind of gotten this format of where, like, where you interview people, you have a script, and da 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 da. But really, this is like writing for me. This is more of me trying to think through my thoughts. And I'm inviting you all into the conversation to think through uh, my thoughts with me. So, hope you guys got value out of my thinking on this episode. But I'm excited to keep this conversation going. I just need to make this first one easy as I start to ease back into it. And I give another confession because I've been struggling with creativity. Okay. This podcast takes a certain level of quietness in my mind, you know, when there's so much cognitive load, right? And I want to get back to thinking about thinking. 
reading books, not necessarily equated to business, but getting back in the literature, uh, history. Um, I saw Hamilton this weekend. That was a phenomenal play. Finally got to see it after all these years. And I read the Ron Chernow book. Better yet, I listened to it on Audible, I don't know, like four or five years ago. So there's a lot of this kind of content that I want to revisit because I miss it, right? Like it's part of my, it's part of me, right? American studies. I'm a Renaissance man. That's what a Renaissance man does. Listens to music, uh, reads, writes, does a bunch of different stuff. And so, but I got to get the clarity and the space to do that. So I told my team, we're doing this, uh, uh, it's called Pencil Pirates, where we're learning how to do visual illustrations over the next 30 days. And we're going to do it together, team at Ironbound Media. And my theme, though, for the next 30 days is I draw these little doodles uh, on my iPad. It's going to be thinking about thinking. And I just want to use this time to just continue to think and challenge myself and really just get back to, I don't know, I miss myself. You know what I mean? Like, I miss me being a grad student at Rutgers, learning about Baldwin and Ellison and diving into Malcolm and that whole aspect of my personality. And since I've leaned headfirst and black veteran entrepreneur, since stuff has been scaling all around me, right? I have not gotten to be that person. I haven't got to think in that way. And this is a nudge to get me back in that direction. So I'm excited, man. Um, and uh, be on the lookout for that. So I appreciate y'all patience with me. Hopefully you like the content. Let me know what y'all think of that day's episode. A lot of y'all still hit me up. I release an episode. I get a text right away. And it always does make me smile because, again, this is our platform and we're thinking. And I've got a lot of back recorded episodes uh, that I haven't released just through, again, cognitive load, right? Like the simplest thing feels overwhelming. Like I just need to edit this episode and get it out real quick. But it's just like you just keep passing along, passing along, passing along. So what my audio engineer is probably going to tell me is like, Mike, let me edit that episode and get it out. So maybe that's what I'll do. But um, yeah, we'll see, man. I'm just gonna keep rolling these episodes. If y'all are listening, you're with me, subscribe. I can't commit to, I can't tell you yet how consistent I'm going to release an episode, but here's why I'm going to tell you, I'm going to just start recording. I'm going to record and I'm going to go, you know, um, and I'm going to continue to think about thinking and I'm going to do it in public, uh, with you all. So I appreciate y'all love y'all for supporting the show. Let me know what you think of this episode by messaging me on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Call me, text me, 832-284-1045, um, or hit me up on LinkedIn, whatever. I got to give a shout out to my brother from another, always, nothing but love, Mr. Mike Lloyd and his beautiful wife, uh, Michelle, from Dope Coffee Company down in Atlanta, Georgia. Make sure y'all check out Dope Coffee, buy some online, show them some love, and let's keep building excellence amongst our group, our community. And by our community, I mean those of you guys that listen to this podcast and as always, y'all know we're doing great work at Ironbound. I just, I got goosebumps talking about the positive energy in the gym tonight. It's a sight to see. If you can come train at the Ironbound Boxing Academy, you know, on a, a Tuesday or Wednesday night, because we're open five days a week, but I'm only there Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You know, I would love for you to come through and just experience this energy because I can create all the videos. I can share them on social and stuff, et cetera. But until you're in the gym with these kids working hard, focused, freaking shaking your hand when they walk in, man, it's just it's just powerful. It's the energy you got to experience. And the only way we're able to do that, even built this program, is because so many of y'all out there support us and continue to support us. 
um, at our website, ironboundboxing.org. So I appreciate y'all, man. And until next episode, peace, love. Just have a great rest of your week. I'm a free black man. Hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man. I don't that feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man. And chase our dreams, black man. And get that cream, black man. We the original man.